reach the intersection of life, leadership, and sports. Now let's connect with people from across the sports landscape who champion upstanding character. Let's get real about life, how to navigate through it, and lead others to do the same. Welcome to Character Up. Well, thanks so much for joining us here on Character Up. We certainly appreciate the time that you spend with us listening to conversations about character with us and our guests. And today we're excited to have a guest on who is always giving back, regardless of his own accomplishments, always willing to help others. We discussed on the phone uh, with this gentleman when we wanted to schedule this interview, and he asked me how he could help us contacting as many guests as he could to help us with our momentum with this podcast. And that's just the type of personality he has. You know, humility and a selfless attitude are common threads you're going to hear in our podcast with all of our guests. And Russ Davis, our longtime legendary Hall of Fame coach, he certainly exemplifies those characters as well. And we certainly appreciate you listening to us again. Uh, subscribe where you can. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts, as well as Podbean, our host platform numerous uh, uh, places as well, social media, all those things. We'll talk about that throughout the podcast today, but subscribe. We do ask that you subscribe so you can catch up with all the podcasts we've had in the past. And again, we're excited about our guest today, Dave. Yeah, you know, and thanks for that, Josh. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up a, a, one of the words you said was relationships. Uh, we're about character here on Character Up, and I've had the pleasure of calling games that Russ Davis has been coaching at uh, Vanguard uh, women's basketball for the last 10 years, championship games, as well as regular season games. Uh, And I'll tell you what, there has been, he is one of the few people that as a media person, I can't wait to get a chance to, to call his game and talk with him about his team. And he's always been so gracious and Russ, uh, thank you again for, for being on the program today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, glad to represent our conference and uh, appreciate you guys for what you do too. And, and Russ, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about basketball to start with because you have, been, you have been at Vanguard for a very long time. You have a record that is absolutely unbelievable, over 600 wins to your credit against just 155 losses. It's an amazing record. Why Vanguard? Why so long? Why the love affair that you have with the Lions? Well, I didn't think it was going to last this long, to be honest with you. Uh, You know, it just worked out. I just feel like uh, this is where God wants me to be, to be honest with you. Um, You know, I was uh, probably a two-year Christian man when I got the job. So I've been able to grow personally through my job there too, and through the school and the support. And, uh, and then I just, I love being around young people, you know, and I love being in a faith-based program. I love being in a faith-based conference, you know, Um, and I love competing against uh, the likes of, you know, what we're about. And so that's never been about, you know, I've had some opportunities, you know, I've been fortunate to have some opportunities, but it's always been, I've never been about that. You know, I, I put a lot of time in and energy and effort when I first built this, trying to build this thing with my assistants and my players. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's really important to me. So, uh, and we've been able to maintain, I'm, I'm, you know, that record sounds great and everything, but I'm, 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 you know, I'm 
really blessed with the relationships that I've had um, with people and, and, and the way that um, it's helped me in my life too, you know, and that's, uh, so it's been wonderful. So it's been a true blessing. And I just, bottom line is this, I just feel like the Lord's led me here and the Lord sees a purpose for me still, even with, with my battles I'm going through. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, and I'm just pr proud to be working at Vanguard for this long, 25 years. Russ, as we go through this, uh, this podcast, I'm sure Dave and I are going to be the ones to talk about numbers because you steer away from that. You don't like to talk about numbers because it often reflects on the things you've accomplished. And I know you keep pressing forward and looking ahead. I think it, it's helpful for the context of our conversation and for fans just to know what you're going through. So let's talk about your health, first of all, in the present time. You know, we had a little bit of trouble scheduling this podcast because you had a throat infection. You're battling cancer right now. What what keeps you going in terms of, of still coaching? I mean, it would have been, you know, understandable to everyone involved and everyone that you know if you would have said, hey, I'm, I'm stepping away. I want to deal with my battle with cancer right now. Why, why are you still coaching? What keeps you going? Well, um, a lot of things. I'm just driven that way. That's just how my motor goes. Um, I still feel like I can help people a lot. Um, I'm not hindered by what's going on here. You know, I mean, some things I may not be able to do as far as with the current COVID situation or whatever, but I, I do want to say that um, I don't currently have cancer, but I'm dealing with the after effects of radiation and chemotherapy, um, the damage it did. It, it went in and I had 30 straight days of radiation on top of chemo. So it, it just uh, zapped my throat and it, it got the cancer out, you know, so I'm going to have another cat scan test and, and uh pet scan here coming up here soon to, you know, you have, they give you those every year. So uh, hopefully that comes out clear again. But my last one came out great last November, but um, I was telling Dave earlier that I still have a feeding tube. So I haven't had to be able to eat a real meal since last July of, you know, 19 uh, or 19. Jeez, I'm not that old. I isn't that old, I guess. 2019. Uh, you know, so same six cans of formula that give me my nutrients. So the good news is I haven't gained or lost any weight since that because I eat, drink the same exact thing every day. So I don't have to worry about, I don't stress about what restaurant I'm going to or anything. That I'm, I just try to find the positives out of it. And, and like I've stated many times, there's a lot of people out there in this world that are a lot worse off than I am. And I'm blessed to be able to have the things I do have and big surgery tomorrow. Uh, hopefully that they're going to be able to um, open my throat up a little bit and get me going. Uh, the first one was not very successful, but whatever the Lord's plans are for me, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. And I know that I'm here for a reason and I'm going to continue coaching um, as long as I possibly can. And, and uh, I know the girls love it when I'm there. And, uh, and uh, I love being around them and the support I've gotten from, I would say all around the country, but you guys, it's been all around the world. It's been, it's been mind boggling. I had no idea people reaching out to me like crazy people like, really, you're calling me like, you know, whatever. It was just, just so humbled and blessed. So I'm just very, very thankful. You know, Russ, um, that, Josh mentioned it. Let's get to some of the numbers. Four-time NAIA Division I Coach of the Year, led the Lions to the 2008 NAIA National Championship. You've been the GSAC 
coach of the year nine times. Your teams have won 12 GSAC titles. You're going into your 25th year of coaching. And some of the players that you have had have just been absolutely remarkable. Several, six of, of your players, national players of the year, most recently Claire Lumunu in 2017, and before her, Nicole Ballestero, who was also on your coaching staff, if I remember right, right? Nicole coached with you for a, for a time. Yeah, she came back. Um, you know, I'm no dummy. You get some players like that, you want to have them come back and help, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. here's my question, though, because recruiting, especially with a, at a Christian college, sometimes that can be difficult because you're looking for great players, but then you're also looking for the spiritual side as well. How difficult is that, and how have you been able to, to work with that at such a high level for the last 25 years, or is it difficult even at all? Well, um, I, I'm not trying to be like, I don't know what the word would be, but to be honest with you, no, it's really not difficult because I've got so many relationships out there and so many connections over the years. And, and by then people kind of know what I'm looking for, you know? Um, so we actually were in a position where we, there's a lot of people that want to come play for us every year. And so we kind of, you know, bring that down. So we don't, you know, and I've never ever tried to talk anybody to, to come here. I've wanted them. I want them to want to come here, you know, and we just tell them straight out what we're about. You know, since we are a faith-based school, I've said this numerous times, but um, I tell them before they come, I said, here's the deal. You know, we're, this is what you're going to get. You know, uh, we put, basketball is important, but it's not the be-all thing that we have here. We put God first, and we put family second, and we put academics third, and we put character and spiritual growth fourth, and then we put basketball. Okay? And so that means social media and relationships and all that stuff comes after basketball so um and we don't change on that those are that's a non-negotiable for us so and then we find out then then we so then we have a good mix because they know that coming in you know and we're not fooling them and i tell them if, if that's not what you want if you just all want to be about basketball then then this isn't the place for you and i think as long as you i've always been the guy and dave you probably know this by interviewing me so many times that I tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, you know, um, and I'm just going to be straightforward with it. Okay. And that's just, that's just how I am. And so I tell them the same thing as some people are okay with that. Some people aren't, but to be honest with you, we have a really high percentage rate. Like my assistant coaches, when they come in, they're like surprised, like probably 90 to 95% of the people that we recruit, when we, we offer a spot for take it, you know, so that means we have a good thing going, and and our girls have a lot of say on that too. They come meet our team, and you know, and we don't use the word family lightly. We really are a family, you know. And so, and I think most of the people in our conference are similar to to what how I am, you know. And I think that's what makes our conference so special. Russ, uh, Mike Daniels, the commissioner of the conference, uh, talked about meeting with student athletes this summer and early part of the fall. And exactly what you said there, he said the student athletes all collectively sort of gave more context to being at a or in a conference like the Golden State Athletic Conference saying we kind of know what we're here for. Right. We, we have a mission uh, and we, we think a little bit more other than just our athletics uh, is what we're doing in college. There's more to it than that. But we have a lot of fans that listen to the program that 
they don't know what the Golden State Athletic Conference is all about and certainly don't know what women's basketball and the level that is in the conference is all about. And for the casual fan, I mean, think about it as like the SEC in football. Um, how much has that helped you, just the dominance of women's basketball in the conference overall at the national level, help you with recruiting, help you get the name Vanguard out there so then these players that are coming in day one little have, have a little bit better of idea of what to expect. Well, Joshua, it was easier. It's easier now than it was. When I first got the job, we were at Southern California College, so we were called SCC. And if you've ever been a Vanguard, which probably you both have, um, but it's behind a fire station and a police station. So when I first got the job, I was trying to convince people that we weren't a junior college. And people in Orange County, even around like five miles away, didn't even know we were here. So that was challenging, right? So I think we've helped put Vanguard on the map, obviously. And so, but the conference, we've had several years where we've had, you know, four, five, six teams even go um, to the national tournament on the, I mean, men's side as well. And uh, we've done well. We've had in the last, probably since 2008, I think we've had three different national champions you know, with that were from the GSAC. It was us first, and then um, Azusa, and then Westmont, okay? And uh, we've had several teams go to the Final Four. And uh, and I think Iron Sharp is Iron, right, as is stated throughout the Bible, and we all know. So um, that when we play each other, we just get better, and then, so we've had some great success. We had to string ourselves to I think we went eight or nine times in a row to the, at least Elite Eight. You know, and we've, I'm not sure, I don't even know, you guys probably know the numbers, but we've, we've won lots of games back there, and we've had, we have a winning record for sure at the, at the national tournament. But I think a lot of credit goes to uh, how tough our conference is, and it gets us ready for, for that. And then we go out and play other teams too. You know, we go out and play some of the top teams around. And, you know, and, and in the last two or three years, we've had three dominant teams, you know, that have always that have been ranked in the top five or ten, you know, uh, with Westmont and Masters and ourselves. So, and I think at this time right here, as we speak, we have three teams that are currently in the top ten, same team. So, and we've had some other teams that are probably good enough to go to the national tournament, but sometimes it's just hard to get that many teams in. So, the uh, I do think we're arguably the best or one of the top two or three conferences in the country for sure for women's basketball, but actually in all sports, you know, we, we do really well. And for us to have the mission that we have, and then what a lot of people don't know, like people just assume sometimes that we have these huge budgets. Well, we don't, you know, we, we most of us all fundraise and have to do things for it, right? And and then we don't, we, up until this year, we didn't have, we would play a lot of schools to the national tournament that had like 11 full ride scholarships. And we've never had that here. None of our school, none of our programs have ever had 11 full rides. So we've always competed with the best and done well against the best when we didn't even, we weren't on the same playing field. So I'm pretty proud of that, um, not just for ourselves, but for all the teams in our conference at all levels to do the things that we've done and, and to win the championships we have. And Arguably, I think, you know, bias, I'm thinking, you know, GSAC from top to bottom, all sports is the best in the country. You know, let me, let me, you mentioned, Russ, a moment ago that we'll give out the numbers. So let me give some numbers that kind of help shape this a little bit. 
when it comes to Russ Davis and Vanguard, they have appeared in the women's basketball team has appeared in 187 consecutive national polls. That goes back to 2002. They've been ranked number one in the nation during that time, 44 times. So this team ranks third in the history of the NAIA in overall number one rankings in the coaches poll. That kind of gives you an idea of what Russ Davis has meant to Vanguard, what his teams have done. And I know, Russ, you're going to sit there and say, I didn't have anything to do with that. I think you did have something to do with that. But I want to be able to kind of flip it over towards what's the, what the impact of COVID has been like. Because last spring, you were about to go once again to the national tournament. You were going to be playing Thomas Moore. And I'm curious about the conversations you had with some of your players. You had some All-Americans, Victoria Shea, Vanessa Murphy, both in their final season. You talked about the relationships that you develop, which is so vitally important. It goes uh, first above, above basketball. Tell us about what that was like, having to talk to your team and maybe even specifically those two great players about saying it's over. Well, it wasn't easy. And, and to be honest with you, because of my health situation last year at that time and what was going on, I, was, I had to stay clear from people. So I was at home and our athletic department and my assistant coaches had a meeting with them. And then I followed up with um, all individual calls and, and, you know, kind of like damage control. And, you know, Sierra is now helping us. Uh, she was one of our seniors too. Um, one of the leading three point shooters in our conference and the country. And, you know, we're talking when we're practicing to, to you know, today or to this, you know, this season, like we never know when it's going to be taken away from us. And, and she still isn't over it. You know, I mean, she still isn't over it. So those are tough. That was tough. I mean, we, we certainly respect and understand the, you know, the decisions were made, but, you know, it, it, it was just really tough. So everybody was different. But I think the thing was, is, is since this is a character program and, you, you, you know, character is important, it is so rewarding. And as we speak, I'm getting goosebumps from this. But when you have really high character people and you recruit them, they can understand things a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? They, they get it, you know, it's because it's not just about basketball for them. They see the broad picture, you know, and because I stress so many times like, Hey, you know, this is great, but we're here to teach you life lessons too. And what better life lesson was it to go through something like that? Right? Because it, and if you ever heard me speak, I say this a lot, they're going to be basketball players for what, four years. Maybe we've had, We've been lucky that some of them gone out to play professionally overseas and stuff. But typically, that's four years. They're going to be people in society and in the working force and, and moms and, and, and whatever they're going to be out there for the next 50 or 60 years, right? So we have a bigger agenda than just try to win basketball games. Yeah, we've won our fair share. The numbers are great and all that. And I'm not going to enjoy that until I'm all done. But, you know, I appreciate the compliments and stuff. But. But right now, my mission is to prepare, get these guys ready for that. And so that was, I looked at that as a teaching moment, okay? And um, we got that, we got through that the best we could. 
Um, and I was proud of how they handled that for their situation. But it just goes to show you their character. Perfect character. Russ, uh, speaking of last year's team and then looking ahead to this year, you've got 11 returners coming back this year, four freshmen. Uh, but as we've talked about, COVID's not over, and we're seeing another surge. Um, and it's certainly having an impact on this upcoming season. I want to ask you about a couple of concerns. First, for you personally, going in, getting back into coaching, day-to-day -day activities, games, so on and so forth. How much of a concern is it for you personally, knowing you know your your um, how your health has been impacted in the past? What are you what are you most concerned about? I guess going into this season. Well, I'm not worried about my health as much as I'm worried about this virus because I'm high risk. I have diabetes, I have hypertension, I have some heart stuff, and I have a low immune system. So I hit every category they say except for being over 65, and I'm 59, so I'm, I'm creeping up on that. I know you guys are looking at me right now going, man, Russ, you look like you're 40. You know, thanks, guys. I just I can see it on your face. But um, – yeah, so, that's that's exactly what we're thinking. I, what did I say the first moment I saw you? You look great. Yeah, I appreciate it. That's because I, I paid. Remember, we were supposed to do this two weeks ago, and I sent you both a check. You already received it, so I know what you're doing. <laughs> but uh, um, so I'm going to be masked up, and I'm going to have probably a shield there, and I'm going to be separated from everybody, and I'm going to be careful um, and the best I can. And I'm not sure – the overnight trips, if I'm going to be able to make those or not, we'll see. Um, I'm really optimistic. Um, um, I know somebody that works for Pfizer, um, and they who who's got this um, thing coming out, right? That we've been waiting for vaccine, and it's really encouraging. And they said it's a game changer, and like it's gonna. You know, they were going for 50 percent, then it hit 70. Now it's a 90 percent, and. Uh, even the 10% that don't get it, I was told, uh, or that get it, it's not going to be as strong because the stuff's in their system. So it's not, they're just going to have side effects. So that's going to end this stuff. We're pretty close to it, right? And for the most part, but even people like me, there's, we might get a little bit more. So, um, but you know, that's one good thing about being a Christian, you know, um, you just trust in the Lord, you know, and I do. So whatever it's meant to be, is meant to be. But I'm going to be extra careful just because I know the Lord's going to protect me. I'm not going to go jump off a 50-story building to prove it. You know, um, I'm going to be smart about my actions. He did give us a, a brain, too. So we're, we're, we're taking every moment um, as we can. And, and we do have a lot of returners. And I have uh, some freshmen coming in. I got a freshman coming in from Uganda that reminds me of Claire, Dave. Um, she's actually further along than Claire. Did you and hear the shutter just go through the entire conference just now, Josh? I mean, if you're saying that a former national player of the year, you've got another one coming in. That's amazing, Russ. Yeah, no, yeah, no well, up from, from Vanguard. Claire's her, Claire's her mentor. And so Claire told me about her and she's just like Claire. She's just sweet as can be. And, uh, we'll, Claire, we only had for two years. We're getting this one for four. She sent me a video yesterday that I wish I could share with you guys, but, uh, Anyway, um, it's a picture. It's a thing of her. She's dribbling between her legs up top, and then she goes through the lane and she dunks it one-handed. And I'm like, ah, okay. I'll, I mean, <laughs> never had a girl that can dunk. So uh, it, not only that, a freshman. And uh, so I shared that with my team, and they're like, what? So yeah, we're gonna get her. She's hopefully gonna come here in the first of January, and because uh, she's still in Uganda right now. But 
that's just another blessing, you know. So she's she'll, uh, I'm going to be a good coach for the next four years too because of her. And Russ, speaking of January, that leads me to my other question about concerns, and that's this upcoming season where you may have to drop six to seven games off a schedule you'd normally have to prepare your team for the conference to be more prepared once the tournament comes around and the postseason, those sorts of things. Just what's the concerns over the season upcoming, especially knowing that, you know, you're having to make so many adjustments, not only the protocol, there's other teams in this conference that may be playing in other states and they've already started, other teams across the NAIA and other conferences that are already playing in two or three games deep into their schedule. What what are the concerns for your team knowing that you're not going to be able to have as many games this year? Well, good question. One thing I learned a long time ago is to worry about what's on my plate and not worry about what everybody else can or can't do because that'll just wear you out. And it took me a while to get there. I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you that, right? But uh, those are concerns. But like you guys stated, having 11 returners, and they're like having they're like coaches too, so they're coaching up the young kids um, that were probably further along than some teams would be in this short period of time because, you know, we run a lot of the same stuff year in and year out. Um, we haven't changed much, and it's proven to work. Um, we, we vary it year to year. So, uh, we took advantage of the zoom stuff that we were in and, uh, we, we watched a lot of film with them. Our team chemistry has always been good, but this is really good because we spent the summer even getting to know them. So when the freshmen were on our calls before they even got here, they already felt like they were part of the team. So that took away a lot of stuff. So, you know, as coaches, you can't go in with one game plan, right? You know, if you go in one game plan, you're going to lose. You know, we wouldn't have those numbers you're talking about if all I just had tunnel vision. So when you when I see stuff like this, I'm always thinking outside the box. Like, I'm always preparing for things like this. So, But some of this stuff, as you know, it changes daily. It's hard to prepare for. But I think we'll be in good shape. we got to try to get at least 14 games in so we can be considered for postseason. We're going to try to schedule, you know, 18. As you guys know, the conference is, you know, split so there's two pods so we're going to have nine conference games so we got to try to get you know eight or nine uh non-conference games we're not going to play any games until december um and it looks like there's only two teams i think that have played so far in our conference which i think masters and jessa played first weekend but after that i don't think anybody else has played yet uh, oh i'm sorry san diego christian they played the same team i think three times already bethesda um but so, you know, we're, we're going to be ready when that time comes. Uh, could we use more time? Absolutely. Um, but I'm happy with how our girls have dealt with it. Um, I'm just so proud of them that they're not saying, why us? Why me? They're, they're living in the moment and they're super positive. And, and I also think it comes to, guys, where it's how you, how you coach your kids on it. If you have the mindset like, oh, this is horrible. I can't believe we're doing this. I mean, why us? Blah, blah, blah. Then they're going to pick that up because you're their leader. But if, if you try to be positive with them and explain to them, like, this is okay. I mean, God has a purpose and a reason for everything, right? So just just follow that and, and keep your faith in mind. And, and we're going to be ready, and we just got to trust in him, and we'll be ready for whatever comes our way. And that's just kind of how we've approached that, and I think that's helped us um, to not be so negative during this time. Right now, you are wearing a T-shirt that has 8 and 24, and it's obviously representing Kobe Bryant, yeah? And yeah. Uh, you got Lakers behind you as well. 
Talk about your relationship with Kobe Bryant. We, we hear about the Mamba mentality a lot, um, especially as he matured as a player. What type of leadership did you see from him and, and the relationship that you have you had with each other? Uh, talk a little bit about that Mamba mentality that you got to experience personally. Yeah, well, he pulled that out on me, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I it, it it was it was really interesting to me because for me because you know I grew up I'm grew up a Laker fan like most of us live in you know Los Angeles or whatever California or just Southern California you know and then all of a sudden uh, I don't know what it was four or five years ago <clears throat> I got a call from somebody that said hey you know we uh, Kobe wants to meet you I'm like I thought it was a crank call because I'm a jokester I'm like yeah okay. Right, sure. I said, well, can I bring magic with me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, trying to be funny, right? But so the guy reached out, and um, it had to do with youth basketball. So he was, um, so that was when Kobe's office was down in Newport. So I ended up going down there and meeting, meeting him, and and uh, talking. And I'm waiting in a room. I go, it was Kobe Inc. at the time, and I go in there, and then I'm kind of waiting. I'm like, kind of anxious but excited too. And then he kind of, he kind of walks in and kind of comes up and gives me that, you know, the bro hug and Russ Davis. And I'm like, first time I'm like, Kobe Bryant knows my name. What's going on, right? You know, so it was just really weird, you know. And then we started talking about philosophies and stuff like that because that's when he told me that Gigi wanted to start playing basketball. And he did his homework. And at the time, Gigi's favorite player was Katie Lou Samuelson. And Katie Lou Samuelson had played through my club program with me and, and since like seventh grade. So Gigi kind of did her homework and looked who her coach was. So then – I've been with Nike over 20 years now, so Kobe called up the Nike people, and then they kind of vouched for me, um, I guess, is what he told me. So he did his homework on me. He's really thorough, um, smarter than a lot of people give him credit for. And uh, so we met with him, and we just clicked, and then we just we went from there. We started being really good friends. We He, start, he used Vanguard for a lot of times for practice, and then uh, – you know, um, we just became really good friends through that, and it, it was it was great. And then when I got diagnosed with cancer, he was really there for me. He he brought in you know one of the days uh, practice, he brought me a couple of Mamba shirts and said, "Hey, you need to wear these for your for your treatments." You know, and you know, and and then and he was he kept telling me how I was going to kick his butt and this and this, and he'd share stories with me about what he went, some of the things he went through, and then. Um, I think my favorite, one of my favorite times with Kobe, with my cancer battle was when I was at a assisted uh, nursing facility after I had a transplant, it was really struggling, a uh, blood transplant was really struggling with stuff. I had to go to this place because they had to help me get back to, to functioning right. And uh, it was, it was a dark time. And Kobe, Kobe said, I'm, you know, he goes, I hate to go to hospitals, but I'm going to, I'm going to come over and visit you. So, and I'm like, and I had found out through his assistant, some other people, friends of ours, who said, no, Kobe doesn't do hospital things like that. You know, he, he, you know, because wherever Kobe goes, you know, it becomes like a scene, right? Sure enough, he came and uh, was walking down the hallway, and I told him what room I was in. And, you know, and then I was having some problems with the nurses, you know, to be honest with you. Not problems, but it's like getting getting stuff, you know. It's like they would take, like, simple stuff, like, hey, you know, I, I need this, you know. And sometimes it would be like three hours later, right? Um, so, but after they found out that I was friends with Kobe, you know, after that night he left, I mean, I had like, it, they were checking on me like every five minutes. So I, 
I remember telling him the next day, I said, hey, you got to come back because I'm getting like treated like a king right now. But so I, I, they were teaching me how to walk again. I had this walker and I had this strap around my, my, uh, my waist and, and the physical therapist was what came in and Kobe happened to be there. And he said, well, you, you got a visitor, but you ready for a walk? I said, yeah. I said, you mind? He goes, no, let's go. So then I'm walking down the hall with Kobe and this, my, my physical therapist and, and, uh, <clears throat> We go down the end of the hall like we normally do and come back, and I'm exhausted, right? We get down there, and she goes, okay, you want to turn around? I go, yeah, and he goes, no. And he turned around. He called me a name that I probably can't mention on here. And he goes, uh, no, he's not done. Let's go down this way. What? So anyway, I walked around the whole doggone place because he wouldn't let me. You know, he's like, you got, you know, you can't give up, you know. And then he just, then he, when we got back there, he spent two hours or just telling me, you know, talking to me about mentality and, what he had to go through and I can't give up and I got to kick his butt and I got to do this and this and this. And it just really, I'm always thought I was competitive, but it just really shook me for him to sit there and dig in and, 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 and share those things, those tough times that he went through. We really, really bonded a lot that, that we, that really took our relationship to a whole nother level. And what's amazing because this program is called character up and <clears throat> our whole objective is sports as a backdrop, but, Great character serves so much more than just on the court, on the field, whatever it is. And I don't think anyone uh, that we've talked about has exemplified that more than what you just talked about and that story you just told about Kobe and why he was there for you. It mattered. It had nothing to do with the game, and it had everything to do with you are a, a quality person. He is a quality person. And he wants nothing more than for you to be the best that you can possibly be at this moment. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, when he left, I was just like, I was stunned. And I was just, I teared up, to be honest with you, because I'm like, oh, man, here's a guy that, ever, I mean, world, I mean, it's one, you know, there's so, many, there's so many people you can say one name and everybody knows who you're talking about, right? And then just like, his presence. Well, you saw what happened when, unfortunately, the helicopter went down, how it just, it rattled the world, right? And here he is spending time with me. And not only that, but following up with phone calls and texts and checking on me, you know, like, you know, it's like, you know, and then, I mean, everybody, you know, he knew everybody, you know, I mean, you know, so, you know, and then, you know, that day that I found out that, you know, it was, it was sad. I got my men's basketball coach, Brett Soliday, called me that morning. And I had just talked to Kobe earlier, you know, the day before, and my my assistant to my club team was texting him that morning about his game. He had a game, like they were playing uh, uh, Ron Harper, not Ron Harper, uh, I forget his name, uh, Jason Terry's team, I think. He was had the club team, too. They were playing that up in the Mamba Center up north. And and uh, and I, the news reports started coming in. I'm like, what? No. So then I called up there to somebody I knew, and they and they said they explained that it was just like it just shook me i mean i was just like i'm still not over it you know and so uh and then that thursday he was gonna uh i was gonna be my first game back for a while you know and he had told me he was going to come to the game you know so he was going to be there to support me at, at our game you know and then that didn't happen so i'm sure you guys saw read the media and saw all the pictures and the news and stuff that we, we ended up having the mama team come over that day and their parents and stuff in that game. And it was packed and we had all the 
ABC, NBC, CBS, they were all there and, and it was just real special. And I got, to, I brought them out to half court and I got to thank everybody for coming and talk about them. It was probably one of the most memorable days of my coaching career to be able to go through something like that. Cause, um, we still feel the loss, you know? And, uh, um, so yeah, so that was a special relationship. I just feel blessed to, you know, here I am a small college NAI guy, you know, you don't usually get chances like that, but it just goes to show you that, you know, small world and people are people, you know, and, uh, I never really, I never asked him for anything, never wanted anything, but he was so generous to our program. I mean, even to this day, we still wearing Kobe's, you know, we got, we got Kobe's again this year, you know, and so still looking after us, you know, from, from, uh, from up above. So just really blessed to have that friendship and relationship. And it's just a terrible thing. Cause I knew, I knew everybody on that and I helicopter except for, uh, and had a conversation with them and friends with everybody except for the pilot. And I didn't know him. You know, so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's tough. It was tough for me, obviously, but more so for the families and, and Vanessa and the kids and everybody else. I mean, I just can't imagine what they're going through. Russ, you mentioned Gigi doing some homework and looking into different club teams. And just for clarification, we will want to let the listener know you run, uh, you mentioned you were part of Nike. You run a, a club team for uh, Nike Elite Youth Basketball League, a Cal Swish EYBL program. Uh, and it's part of the reason that you're so you were so connected to Kobe, for instance, or so and so connected to other college coaches that folks would know off the top of their head. You you when you and I set up the taping for this podcast, you talked about your relationship with Gino Ariema, uh, and certainly people that follow women's college basketball will know that name. This past summer, you were named one of the 100 most influential people in women's college basketball. It certainly speaks volumes to your career, not only at Vanguard, but just coaching in general. Uh, what's that mean, especially to someone that's coached at the NAIA level, and again, to a lay person that doesn't know the level of, of women's basketball in the NAIA, certainly in the Golden State Athletic Conference? Uh, just what's it mean to you to have that connection to so many big names, big, again, high-profile college basketball coaches, that you have such a close relationship with them, and you're able to go play them. You guys go to stores every few years and play against UConn. What, what does that mean to you? Mm, it, it, it means like going back to what I said earlier, it means that I'm blessed, you know, and, uh, and I think I've been real with these people. So it's like, we just become friends. So at, when I first started doing it, meeting people and doing stuff like that, it's, uh, you know, it was like, it was kind of really, you know, it's great. And then, then you get to know them or you serve on committees with them and be friends with them, you know, like, when we go back there and play Gino, I, you know, I usually go to his house for dinner and bring my staff over there and his wife, Kathy cooks for us. And, um, and he's just a really good guy. I mean, you know, I mean, sometimes people aren't who they are. You think they are on TV, right? You know? And so just have those relationships with people like that. Um, but I got a lot of relationships with people on our own conference. Um, and all the way through to probably, you know, the top, he might be arguably one of the best coaches of all time, or like even Don Staley, who's our Olympic coach, you know, um, got a good relationship with Don. I mean, I've been praying for her sister that's been battling the camp through cancer stuff. And she's been praying for me, you know, and that's, you know, she just won a national championship. Right. You know, so I don't look at it like, Oh, that's Don Staley, our Olympic coach. I look at it, that's Don Staley, my friend, you know, and all kinds of things, you know, so I just been, I don't know. I just, Sometimes I wonder how, how that happens, but it's just, you know, 
they recruit your kids through that. Then you get to know them. Then they kind of see, and I've always been honest with them, you know, so that those just relationships just kind of formed. And, and now they're like really good friends of mine. So I don't really look at it any other than they're just friends. Russ, uh, final question for us is we've really appreciated the, the conversation and everything you've talked about today. You mentioned this earlier about um, just kind of looking back on your career uh, and, and what you hope for your players beyond basketball. Kirsten Moore from Westmont, she recently celebrated her 15th year at Westmont. And I know you two have a great rivalry, great respect for each other, but the teams are always rivals because of your dominance in the conference. She talked about seeing players grow, learn, cut down nets, graduate, becomes moms, teachers, doctors, businesswomen, and coaches. You're in your 24th season at Vanguard. When you look back at the accomplishments of your players, what are some things you're most proud of? Well, before I get into that, I'm really proud of Coach Moore. She's had some trials and tribulations going on in her, and, and she's showed what an amazing, amazing woman she is and mother and coach and mentor. And, uh, you know, she's – I have so much respect for her and what she does. I mean, I'm just telling you, the utmost respect for Coach Moore. Um, and I love our – I love the games we play. They're always, like, down to the wire and – we just have respect for each other's teams, but we, you know, um, and the girls respect each other. You know, it's just a real good, healthy thing. So uh, lots of love and respect for Coach Moore and, and everything that she does up there at Westmont. Um, I would tell you that the thing that sticks out, the most thing, I'm, the biggest thing I'm probably proud of is like, you guys know there's a, since this is a character show too, and it just fits right in, there's a Leroy Walker Award winner. And that award goes to the athlete in the NEI, male or female in any sport that has, that has been deemed the, the athlete that exemplifies the, the best character. And that's hard in the NEI because there's so many good people with high character. But we have had two different winners, um, you know, in my tenure, Jessica Linderman and Kelly Schmidt. Okay. And to me, I mean, think about that. There's 80,000 student athletes, right? And and we've had, and we got one out of 80,000. We did that twice. So that goes to show what kind of people they are. And then also goes to show what's important for our program, athletic program, and then our women's basketball program. Because like we have a character class. So every student athlete transfer or freshman comes in and they have to take a character class that was actually started by our former athletic director, Bob Wilson. You know, and we go over the core values of the NAI and everything like that. So, um, and I think that that gives, that jump starts them to let them know, like, hey, yeah, you're here for your sport too and everything else, but your character matters. Okay, so, um, but I think I'm probably, yeah, all those championships and all that stuff is great, but I think when you look at it, to have two character award winners when that's really important to you is really something that sticks out to me more than you know, all the wins and championships and accolades and all that other stuff. That's something that I'm just really, really proud of those two. Russ Davis, the head coach for the Vanguard Lions women's basketball team, also coaching the Nike Cal Swish girls club team of Orange County. Hall of Famer, man, we can't thank you enough for being on this program today. It has been a treat for us like you don't know. Well, I appreciate it, man. It's been fun for me too. So, 
Uh, I appreciate you guys asking me. It was an honor, and I was humbled that you guys you guys asked me to to do something like this, and uh, uh, just kept it real. And that's just kind of who I am and what we do. So, and I appreciate the questions and and what you guys do for for women's basketball, especially the GSAC, and uh, and letting everybody know how important character is. Um, and uh, it's just more it's just more than sport. Well, I can't wait to get back on the on the basketball court to see you see you coaching again and and good luck with everything that you're going through right now uh we really wish nothing but the best for you thanks guys god bless you guys thank you russ thank you russ and we thank all of you for listening we're constantly expanding our platform where you can find character up currently you can get us on twitter and instagram if you're interested if this is the first time you've been able to listen to the podcast go on to twitter and you can see some of our other guests that we have had I think you're going to find some common themes throughout. So for Josh Perigo, I'm Dave Caldwell. Thanks for being with us, everybody, and we will see you again next time.